Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Astra Ferguson, and I'm back. Just in case you guys missed me. Yeah, I know we missed a week, but hear me out. Hear me out. Give me give me a chance to plead my case. <laughs> I was sick as a dog and I barely had a voice, but I was still doing performances in New York City. So I was reserving every little boy every little bit of voice that I had for the performances that I was doing in New York City. I'm still not a hundred percent. But hey, the show must go on. But before we dive into our little interview that I have set up for you guys, I wanted to tell you about a few performance, uh, a few events that I have coming up. Uh, on February 8th, I will be hosting a book signing slash poetry reading over at the Moody Jones Gallery in Glenside, PA. That is on a Friday. It will be from five to eight. And I also will be, well, at least I hope to be picked. You know how open mics can go. But I will be at the open mic for Punchline Philly that is hosted by Just Mike the Poet. So that's it for the events. Now, let me tell you about the interview that we will be hosting today. Today, I have a special person in the guest chair, and that person is Terrence P. Elmore, who is a writer, a poet, and blogger of the Brown Sugar Cafe dot blog, who became an author with his first published book, Love Letters, a collection of poems. He believes there is only beauty in love, and it's reflected in his poetry. It really is, you guys. He does this thing that he sends you uh, every week of poetry about love, and it's like receiving a little special love-wrapped gift in your inbox. So make sure you guys subscribe to his blog. And actually, I met Terrence over Twitter, so it'll be interesting to actually talk to him in person. I've never talked to him in person before. So without further ado, let's dive right on in, guys. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss... And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially, it could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. So, hey, guys, I'm here with Terrence. Hey, Terrence, how you hey, doing? Hey, doing good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Still got a little bit of a cold, but how's life otherwise? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's been a pretty good day. How was your day? Um, I'm glad it's almost over. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> So is, this isn't your first podcast interview, is it? It's actually my second. Okay, good. So you kind of know how this goes. So tell us in your own words who you are and what inspired you to write poetry. Okay. Um, I'm Terrence P. Elmore. <laughs> um, I'm a poet. I'm a writer. Uh, I also blog. Um, I've been writing poetry 
pretty much since I was in elementary school. And just writing in general, um, poetry, um, short stories, things like that. Um, I started writing about love, per se, Mm -hmm. recently. Like, that was a recent focus, pretty much. That's that's something that I just have been led to do. Okay. And what, what what inspired you to go down this? this lane well um it's kind of weird i was like i had a habit over the last couple of years like starting poems mm-hmm. and not finish writing them out but i would have them in my head and so um one day i was talking to my wife well we were just dating then and you know she she asked me when was the last time i wrote a poem and um, and I was like, well, you know, I got one in my head. And then she was like, oh, it's, it's a lot of good it's doing in your head. And so me being who I am, I took that as a challenge. So I finished that poem like that same night. And the next day I was like, check your email. Like, I got so I sent something to you. Mm-hmm. And so it was uh, it's actually in my book. It's called She. Okay. And it's uh, actually the poem is about music. Mm hmm. And so after I finished that, like I wanted to do like maybe like a 12 poems of different types of love towards something mm-hmm. um, like different things like maybe food, stuff like that. But then once I started writing the other poems, it just kind of got off into something else and to just love in general. So that's kind of how that started. It's like I've just felt led to keep writing stuff about love okay so first let let's uh let's uh maneuver this back a little bit uh congratulations because i know when we uh used to exchange words you were thinking of getting engaged or you weren't married just yet so yes yes thank you thank you thank you thank you Thank Welcome you. to the club. Of yes, I marriage. appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what motivated you to write about love and romance. Okay. Yes. So why did you decide to self-publish? Um, my mother self-published. She wrote a book mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and. I guess from seeing her do it, I was like, okay, that would be an easy route. And then I know some other people who self-published. And pretty much from what I heard is self-publishing is pretty much the way to go. As far as you just want to get your information out there, you want to get your work out there. Mm-hmm. That's what I was told. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to self-publish. So you didn't attempt to submit your work to publishers prior to self-publishing? No, I did not. Okay. I mean, you know, it's it's different for everyone. Um, I, I know I tried, um, but I decided to self-publish anyway. So it's different okay. for every author. Okay. So since you decided to self-publish what would you say are some obstacles that you found or overcame 
as a self-published author or as a black author because you know um for us it's a little harder to get our work out there right um well i use create space which is gone now right um the challenges i faced were the formatting part that that was the main thing trying to get everything to line up Mm -hmm. um because i was using word and it seems like whenever i would upload it the pages were off and things like that and then i finally said something to my mother about it because that's what she used and she was like oh yeah you just have to use um convert it to pdf and i was like wow Mm -hmm. so all of this time i'm going back in and reformatting and you know changing Mm -hmm. you know um indenting and it was as simple as you know switching the format to pdf so that was like the hardest thing for me because it took me days to try to figure out how to get everything to line up how i wanted to Mm -hmm. and as far as um self-publishing and being a black author um, I guess we don't have a bigger community as far as when it comes to being an indie author, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's something I'm still trying to figure out how to tap into different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm still dealing with is trying to you know tap in and cross over and and find a bigger audience. Right. It it is it is difficult. So you would say marketing as well has been tough. Yes, yes. Okay. And then uh, another thing about the marketing is that I didn't create a following first. <laughs> it's like I just you know I wrote the book and I was like <laughs> I want to get it out there and then I decided to do my blog, like two months before two or three months before I released the book mm-hmm. and I you know I should have been I found out later that it's best to create a following first and then publish if you're going to self-publish because yeah. at least more people will know you right to get you know get people familiar with your work don't worry I was the same way <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was the same way so you know you learn from your mistakes so you would say you know, market your work first prior to publishing the book. I think it's said that you should do it at least six months to a year prior to publishing your book. Right. Yeah. I've read that's what I read too. Yeah. And it makes sense when you think about it. But, you know, when you're so excited about doing something and, you know, publishing your first book, you don't think about those other things. Right. Right. Uh, so continuing on, would you, so I always have to ask this question because there's always this debate, right, amongst us writers and poets. So would you consider yourself a poet? Because I don't know if you do like poetry readings or poetry performances, but would you consider yourself a poet? And that's the question I have because I consider myself a poet as far as because I write poems, mm-hmm. but as far as reading my poems out, I have have yet to do that. <laughs> you know, and it's because, <laughs> like, I 
go to these things or I watch these videos and like yourself. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I can really feel the words. And I'm like, can I go up there and do the same thing? Would I be able to do justice to that craft? You, I mean, you should try. At least record yourself. Record yourself. See how you feel after you record yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I was terrified of public speaking. I never, like, did anything uh, centered around public speaking and here I am writing poetry first of all nobody knew I wrote poetry and so I published my book same thing with me yeah so nobody knew that I did it and then my husband because my husband is an artist he told me well how do you expect to sell poetry if you don't perform So he kind of pushed me and was like, um, Astrid, uh, especially as being a minority, uh, you got to get up there. So the first one that I did, I think you saw um, the clip of um, it's the one where I was talking about my nephew who suffers from autism. Yes. Where a new word invented for different disorder. Um, that was my first time getting on stage. My very first, I was sweating profusely. You couldn't see it. That's why I wore a black (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I was just scared to death, but you could tell I just ran with it. So, and the rest is history. So you just, I don't know. You just have to like find what your comfort zone is. And just take it from there. I mean, that would be another way for you to actually engage the audience and gain some new people. Because sometimes people need to hear it from you, you know? That's true. That's true. That's one thing I've been thinking about. Um, Another suggestion that I got was even just maybe just doing a podcast, just reading them and just starting from there. Because it's not really, it's not the public speaking thing because... When I was in college and things, I presented papers, so that's not the thing. It's just, you know, when I see other people doing their poems, like, I might just get up there and just read it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, if that happens, please let me be the first person. <laughs> because I don't want to come behind somebody who's done like a James Earl Jones performance and then mm-hmm. here I come, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, we're all different. We're all different in our own light. I'm a soft-spoken poet, so I'm not up there doing battling, you know, that, that battle-type poetry. Like, I'm, right. I'm soft-spoken. So okay. everybody has their style. You just got to just gotta be confident. Come on, Terrence. You can do it. You got it. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll see. I'm I'm gonna try. That's that's I'm gonna put that as a goal for this year. Is you know. Yeah. Yeah. At least once. Yeah. See how you feel. It might be your new love. You know. Could be. You're right. Mhm. So moving forward, um, what poem would you say you were the most vulnerable in, in your book, uh, love poems, and can you read it to for us? 
Um, I don't have anything that was I was really vulnerable with in the book. Um, that I feel. Man, you were talking <laughs> about love. <laughs> but that you know that's such a one at least one poem that you like felt like oh my god this is this is how I really feel about her. It's I mean. And that's another thing when it comes to love is just it just feels so natural to me. It's you know it's if we want to talk about vulnerability compared to love, then it's probably the whole book. Um, mm-hmm. Now there was a poem that I wrote some years ago, and it was like the complete opposite um, that I found when I was moving. And I think that was a poem that was, you know, I was pretty vulnerable in. Of course, I can't find it. Um, <laughs> again, it's in some boxes, but yeah, I mean, as far as vulnerability with love, I, I, it would have to be the whole book because, like, I've never, like, I've always thought that love was cool, even when I was younger. Like, even before really experiencing it for myself it was just like i always thought that was cool i had these examples you know like my grandparents um for their 50th uh, wedding anniversary they renewed their vows and i lit the candles you know and i was a part of that and i thought that was so beautiful and so cool and just that's just always been my thing you know even like i guess when like middle school and stuff you know how boys pretend like they don't really like girls and they try to be mean to them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was never that type of person. I was like, you know, I like her. I'm going to try to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't understand the whole pretending you didn't like her and trying to push her down. Like, that wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. And I guess that's where it really all comes from and originated with me, you know, writing things about love. Is because I've always had that desire, like growing up, and like I've always, you know, been intrigued by love, and always just thought it was a cool thing. Okay, I mean, you're a, a nice guy, and most guys wouldn't say that, but, um, I mean, you've never been hurt by anybody that you actually loved, that it may have tainted the way that you looked at love, or maybe sidetrack you a little bit um no i can actually say that as far as like no because like i'm just now like really experiencing what love really is so i've never been in a position to where um i felt like you know i would love someone and they hurt me um i've been disappointed before of course mm-hmm. but you know, I knew that wasn't love, so it didn't affect me in a way that it would, you know, sour me towards love or make me feel like, you know, love was a horrible thing because mm-hmm. I understood what it was. Okay. So do you write for anyone um, in particular or are you using your platform as an author to promote more love and kindness in the world? Um, Some of my poems, like, that are on my blog, um, their specific thoughts and for my wife. Um, But the main goal, you know, has been just to spread love and show people different forms of love Mm -hmm. and, you know, try to get people 
something else to look at besides like the negative things we see on like social media or television because it seems like the end thing now is you know to be sad or hurt it's like this is what happened to me I'm a wallow in it I'm not going to find a way to you know Mm -hmm. like heal from that you know everybody has bad relationships you know everybody relationships don't work out but it's like don't flood our timelines with this person is trash or you know you know mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah let's let's see some other things okay that situation didn't work out but there's another situation that could work out for you so that's like my whole thing like i want to give people something to look at that's positive and not even specifically like a relationship type of way but just like love in general mm-hmm. just like love for you know just mankind love for your neighbor love for a stranger stuff like that so do you find that people gravitate towards that or do you think people push away from it I feel like more so people push away from it because of being hurt in the past and them associating that hurt with love itself it's like love doesn't hurt people it's people that hurt people and right. so I think a lot of times we get that confused and say, well, you know, like love hurts. It's like, nah, I don't see love as hurting. I see like people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes, you know, that person you might have given your love to didn't reciprocate that love. And so it was just a one sided situation and love didn't let you down. The person let you down. So I think it's a lot to do with like hurting things like that, that people kind of push away or shy away from love. Um, And it takes like a a mindset, uh, like a desire to actually, you know, want to experience love and want to know what love is to gravitate towards it. Right. Uh, Well, see with love, I have sort of a different perspective. Uh Um, because I have been hurt by love. I have children and I'm married now. And I think part of the issue is that we think love is just, um, gravy and butterflies. And that's not the case. Love, just like anything else, like us humans and everything, it has its phases. It has its good and it has its bad faces. And love, just like marriage, involves a commitment. Um, And you have to foster it. You have to grow it. You have to feed it. And if you don't, it dries up. Um, And that's not just love and relationships. That's like love for yourself. Um, love with your own children because your children will disappoint you. Um, In marriages, like, you will go through phases as humans, you know, and if you don't, if you don't channel that um, to keep it growing, love eventually does leave or changes its form. And I think that's why people may shy away from it. I don't know if you agree with this, but 
um, I think people shy away from it because of the work that it involves. Um, and it is, like you said, some people have been let down so much that they almost don't know how to hang on to anything that's really good. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, and I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's like with those things, it's like... I just I just see it as, you know seasons changing and things like that but like love in its purest form like when it's genuine it's just it's, it's it lasts it's like I guess like that agape love it's like it's because another way I look at love is like God is love right and it's like you know it's just it's just love is just a powerful thing and it's like I don't see any any bad side to it any wrongdoing to it it's like it's the a lot of times people say they love someone but they really don't it's like they either don't know what love is or they just misuse it because it's it's been times that i've you know met some people whatever and they just tell people they love them just because or they say they love them just because they think it's what they want to hear and that you know misleads the other person who might you know actually love them and they're putting all their heart and soul into a relationship or whatever and then you have this other person who's just you know saying it just because and it's like the person who's giving the love their love was pure but they weren't receiving it back no no I know what you're saying and and Uh that's not that's not um, specifically what I'm saying I'm saying like I mean even like when you talk about God, like there's times where your faith may be challenged, um, especially when God is putting you through through hard times as a lesson, but you don't take it as a lesson during that moment, you know? So you question the love. Um And that's just what I'm saying. I think love is just like anything else. It has its phases. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not necessarily bad or, or good. It's just, it's a phase. And some people just don't make it through the tough phase of it because before it becomes pure, you have to go through tough times. You have to see yourself. I mean, knee deep for you to understand what true love really is. I mean, I always say that the purest form of love is usually, you know, like a mother to their child. Um, But even in that form, as a child grows up, a child leaves, you know, uh, sometimes a child won't check on you after everything you've done. And it's not that you stop loving them. It's just sometimes you become disappointed in, in, in maybe the person that they've grown up to be. Um, maybe you expected more or maybe they, they let you down in some way or, you know, it's just, it's just those things. That's what I'm saying. But it's not that the love would go away. It's just, it changes. Okay. Okay. Okay, so what are some future projects that you are thinking about or currently working on? Um, I'm working on a 
book, a second book now. Oh, okay. and it's uh, it's called The Essence of Love, and that one will be more of an anthology. It will have not just poems, but some short stories and some other things. Okay, so you're expanding your wings. Yes, yes. So, um, by when do you think that this book will be completed? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> because I, it's like it just keeps growing into something else. So I was supposed to be done by now, but it's always I'm writing something, and then another idea comes up, or I think of something. I'm like, I could do this, but I don't know. And then I'll mention something to my wife, and she'll be like, yeah, because, you know, and I'm like, you know what? That's what I was trying to figure out, and that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And so it just, yeah. So It's a the work goal, in progress. Right. The goal, the goal is uh, hopefully another two weeks, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Oh, two weeks. That's kind of, that's soon. Yeah, well, to be done, not necessarily done and out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> to be done. Yeah, because I was yeah. to say, oh. Uh... Yeah, so I'm looking at probably the end of February, maybe beginning of March to actually have it available. Okay. That's the goal. Okay. Have you started promoting this one already? Um, slightly. Um, I've mentioned on, it a couple of times. <laughs> I've mentioned it a couple of times on my blog, and then actually this coming weekend, I'm going to uh, put up a post with a picture of the cover, and you know, say coming soon. And um, I think I put a few of the poems in my blog mm-hmm. to kind of like, hey, this is featured in the upcoming book, The Essence of Love. So I've slightly been promoting it because I didn't want to, you know, go too hard. And then here it is two, three months later and nothing yet. But now that I've, you know, I'm pretty much narrowed it down and I'm pretty close to being done. So I'm going to kind of pick up the promotion a little bit now. Okay, well, we're putting in the plug. Listen, Terrence is coming out with a new book, y'all. Yes. Look out for that. <laughs> Follow yes. him on his blog. What is your blog again? The Brown Sugar Cafe dot blog. Yes, there you go. He is on Twitter. He is on Instagram. We'll put that on the show notes. Come on, Terrence. You you got to market. You you got to hey. Yes. <laughs> It's it's tough out here for for indie authors, y'all. I don't think y'all understand. Yeah, it is. It is. So, is writing what you intend to do full time? Um, and that's something I've been thinking about. Um, if I could, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, if I can't, it's not going to stop me from writing. If that makes sense. Okay. I mean, I think as as a as a author, you have to do more than just write to <laughs> keep up an income. 
Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> we'll just say, okay. Unless we can get our books into Oprah's hands and she reads you know, it. <laughs> Oprah, if you're listening, yes. you know, help, help us out. Oprah, yes. <laughs> or who, who's the other one? Witherspoon. One of them. Yes. Somebody. Yes. If y'all got Oprah's P.O. box, please put it in the comments. Let <laughs> us know. <laughs> exactly. So where can people find you and support your writing? Um, I have a Facebook page. Uh, it's also called uh, The Brown Sugar Cafe. Um, I have an Instagram page that's called The Brown Sugar Cafe. And of course, my blog. Um, the Love Letters, a collection of poems, which is the first book I published that's available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. And um, yeah, um, I'm on Twitter too. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to change my Twitter hang- hanger handle or not. Mm-hmm. So mostly you can reach me through um, Facebook and my blog. Okay. Well, there you go, you guys. And are you going to publish again via Amazon, which I think is Kindle Direct Publishing now, right? Yes. Um, that's another thing I was wondering about because I want to use Ingram Spark only because I had an opportunity to do a book signing at Barnes & Noble's. Mm-hmm. And because my um, book wasn't returnable, I wasn't able to participate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. how that goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm so I'm thinking about using Ingram Spark and I did um yeah, and I, I've looked at the Kindle Direct. I'm I don't really like how it's set up. Mhm. It's yeah. So I think I'm gonna try Ingram Spark. Okay. Well I went through Ingram Spark. It is a little bit more expensive. How did you like it though in comparison? Um, there's ups and downs from both sides. Uh-huh. I mean, with Ingram Spark, um, it's not like obviously it's not like Amazon that you put all those keywords and you can attach your book to somebody and it shows up because it's not an Amazon book. Gotcha. Um and then, of course, there's that upfront cost that you have to pay for that you right. don't have to pay for with um, Amazon. Um, and it's more expensive to publish. So just to keep those things in mind. But if your objective is to get your book into bookstores and things like that, then Ingram Spark is the way to go. Um, uh, uh, this is, I guess, uh, information for all you guys listening as well. Uh, when you go through Ingram Spark and you're going to have your book available in stores, they buy it at a wholesale price, which means they buy it like 55% off your retail price. So you're not making a whole lot. It's uh... actually more expensive to get your book. In bookstores than it is online. I see. Wow. Yeah. So keep all those things in mind. Uh, 
it's also you do pay a higher cost for publishing if you're going to use them for both your ebook and your paperback. So I kind of divided it. I did my paperback through Ingram, but I did my ebook through Amazon. Okay, okay, okay. So that way I didn't have to pay for the ebook. And since Amazon is what, maybe a third of all the ebook sales, I did it that way. You can right. also use, it's called Smashwords for you to get your book in all the ebook formats. So Nookbook and Apple and all that. Oh, okay. Thank you. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. You're getting plugs. Yeah. You know, appreciate I'm... it. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> I'm trying to set up courses here where I teach people this stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So that's good information to have. So keep all those things in mind. Um, you know, of course, the cost and everything. Uh, and, you know, if you have any stores that you'd like to have your book in, you know, reach out to them. Okay, yeah, I donated my um, other book to a local library. Mm-hmm. Um, that well, was an option that I found. Yeah, well, in- Ingram is will also get your book in the library. So Okay. But that's why they're more expensive. So, Of course. Right. So it was a pleasure talking to you, Terrence. Yes, a pleasure talking to you as well. Yeah, finally actually speaking and not just sending messages. <laughs> right, right. Maybe one day we'll meet in person. You're, yeah. You're stationed out in South Carolina, right? Yes, Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, yeah, I'm all the way in PA. Ah, yes. (laughs) Well, there you have it. That concludes our interview. Thank you so much for coming, Terrence, and being a guest in the guest chair. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And until next time, guys, with, I mean, can we discuss... that was a wrap for today thank you so much for listening to i mean can we discuss don't forget to subscribe follow us if you want to see what we're up to what projects we're up to and enjoy the rest of your day night wherever you might be i was your host asher ferguson signing off